And welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. How are you guys doing this Monday night? I know that last night was a little bit rough. We were dealing with a lot of emotions, maybe, you know, the Cowboys lost. was a little bit heartbreaking. I think that right now our heads will be a little bit cooler And I think that we'll be able to have a more honest look at where the Dallas Cowboys stand after 11 weeks of action. Because the Cowboys are 7-3, and three, they're still in contention for the NFC, and they're still in this. Even though last night it didn't look like it, even though last night we were so frustrated about the loss to the Chiefs. So we'll try to take a more sober, I believe is the word, uh, look at the Cowboys game. We'll talk about CeeDee Lamp. We'll talk about the, con the concussion protocol because I know there are a lot of questions regarding that aspect of this week's game. We'll talk about Kellen Moore and some lessons that he might have uh, faced on Sunday versus the Chiefs and that he might be facing this week versus the Raiders. And then we'll talk about overreaction Monday, as always, here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Thank you guys for being here. I see you, Estage. I see you, Dallas Young. And of course, Burner account who is saying when Parsons was a teenager, his girlfriend's dad needed his approval. Charlene Evans says, good evening, Mauricio. Thank you, Charlene, for being here. And thank you, all, all of you. Uh, make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you share the show. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, now that more of us are here, let's get ready to start the show officially. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way throughout the entire season, make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for more Cowboys content and, of course, for more Mavericks content. How are you guys today, tonight? Hope you're having a better Monday than you had a Sunday. We'll talk about the game. We'll talk about some takeaways. Uh, shout out to Kenneth Fraser who's saying, I'm still a Dallas Cowboys for life. We will overcome this. Jose over at Facebook as well. Miller, Elizabeth, of course, we will come back from this. She says in the, in the Facebook chat, that is something that I agree with. I believe that the Cowboys can bounce back. Charlene celebrating his birthday. Shout out to Charlene. Happy birthday. My brother shares the uh, his birthday with you, actually, 22nd of November. He's a Patriots fan. Chase says, will Cooper play Thursday on Thanksgiving? All right. So, Amari Cooper has zero shot at playing Thursday versus the Raiders. That is no not possible at all because he is unvaccinated and that requires him to lose at least 10 days of action. So you can rule Amari Cooper out for this one. Stage says, I heard there is a chance that City plays Thursday. Do you think he will? So I was going to save this for a little bit later on the show, but we can get into it right now. Here's the thing about uh, City Lamp. He has a chance at playing. The Cowboys have not ruled him out, and they seem to be optimistic about his chances of playing this week. I, 
I lean towards him not playing, though, because the time is so limited. And in the words of Prof Football Doc, who you can follow on Twitter for medical updates and medical analysis on NFL players, including the Dallas Cowboys, he pointed out that, hey, it is possible, just like the Patriots coming back from a 28-3 deficit in the Super Bowl was possible. It is a long shot for CeeDee Lamb to be ready on Thursday. Here's the thing about the concussion protocol, and, and here's where it gets interesting. There is no set amount of days that have to pass in order uh, for a player to be activated from the COVID-19, not, not the COVID, excuse me, from the concussion protocol. There is, no, not, mm, there is not an amount of days that is set in stone. What does exist, though, is a five-step process. And Amari Cooper, in a short week, was in team meetings today, which is a step in the right direction. But that actually does not, you know, start a lot with, with the activities that he has to go through in order to be cleared in, uh, out of the concussion protocol. Here are the five steps that he has to achieve. The first step is rest and limiting activities. That is the first step of the concussion protocol. Then he has to start a graduated aerobic exercise program to see how he reacts and then mimic football-specific activities. So, you know, not really contact training or anything like that, but mimicking football-specific activities is step number three. And then at number four, non-contact training drills. This can include catching the football for City Lamp as a receiver. And then the fifth and final phase of the concussion protocol would be actual full-contact football practice. So again... There, are not, there is not any set amount of days that CeeDee Lamb has to go through in order to be activated, but there are steps, rather, to it. And he was in a team meeting today, so maybe that's a step in the right direction. There was no practice for the Cowboys on Monday. There was an injury report, but there was no practice. It was only a projection of what the status would have been like for each of the players. CD Lamp appeared as a did not practice in the injury report, but I believe that we will not really know until Wednesday or even Thursday if CD Lamp is ready to go. Someone said, uh, I think you mean CD, not Amari. Sorry if I, you know, messed up the names, but of course, we're talking about CD Lamp if we're talking about the concussion protocol. Sorry about that. Stevie Mac also here in the chat reminding you to hit that like button and, of course, share the show if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Thank you, Stevie Mac. Burner account says, I am genuinely concerned about, the da about Dallas' mental toughness and preparation. It is not tough enough to be a legitimate contender. Oh, that is a valid concern, I believe. I don't think that they are not... In, uh, mentally tough enough. I, like, I don't think that is a problem for the Cowboys. I think that we are still a little bit frustrated because of the recent losses, but I don't know. I, I think that this team is mentally tough. I think that they, you know, we have championship coaches within the coaching staff, of course, Mike McCarthy, Dan Quinn. We have Dak Prescott, that in my opinion, he's a tremendous leader. I saw people debating on social media on his leadership qualities based on Amari Cooper not being vaccinated. And listen, I'm all for the vaccine. I want people to be vaccinated, but I, I, I just don't see how that 
really impacts Dak Prescott leadership and our evaluation of it. So I thought that was funny on social media, but there were many mistakes and there were many penalties as Burner Account is pointing out, but I, I think the Cowboys will get it done. And actually, the first question that I have for you guys in the chat today is, are your expectations for the Cowboys changed or unchanged after the loss to the Chiefs? We all kind of saw the Cowboys as contenders in the NFC. Some of us even had them as the favorites in the conference. I might still have them in that, you know, in that status, even though they lost to the Chiefs on Sunday. But I think that this is a very good Cowboys team. So my expectations have gone unchanged. And I wanted to read to you these numbers that I went today, uh, this morning on Pro Football Reference and started pulling out some stuff. Look at this. In 2020, Tampa Bay Bucks between weeks 8 and 10 of the season, the Bucks went 1 and 3 in 2020. In 2019, the Chiefs went 1 and 2 between week 8 and week 10. And then in 2018, 3 years ago, the Patriots lost two games, back-to-back -back games in December. These three teams went on to win the Super Bowl in February. Maybe they don't have this super easy path to the Super Bowl or to be contenders, legit contenders in the NFC. But listen, I'm not going to change my expectations on this Cowboys team based on two losses in November. It's late in the season, I will give you that, but it's not late enough to bounce back from it. And I don't, I cannot think of any better evidence than looking at the past three Super Bowl champs and realizing that, hey, these teams actually went through very similar stuff on their regular seasons. And hey, even the Tampa Bay Bucks didn't win their division actually last year. The Cowboys are likely to win theirs. It is highly unlikely that they will be fighting for the NFC East later in 2021. Even though you know, the Eagles, for example, they are improving. They have a good offensive line. Uh, Nick Sirianni really turned that into a running football team, and that has worked out for them. So shout out to the Eagles for doing that uh, well, even though we don't, we don't want to give any kind of shout outs to the Eagles now that I think about it. I want to rewind what I just said. But honestly, if we look at it objectively, they've done something interesting over there in Philadelphia. They were throwing the ball aggressively on early downs. Now they're not. But anyways, enough of that Eagles parentheses. I think that if you take a look at the past three Super Bowl champs, you kind of realize that, hey, the Cowboys should definitely have a shot still at contending. Even more so when you take a look at the rest of the NFL and you think to yourself, I don't see any favorite here in, in, in the league or in the conference. There are plenty of contenders, but I don't see a clear-cut favorite. Unchanged, says Peter Rizzo. Uh, over here we have unchanged as well from stage. He says, because of the defense stepping up, crazy. Dallas John goes with unchanged as well. Jessica Villarreal says, expectations stay the same, unchanged. Stevie Mack does differ from us, and he says, changed. I know the team has a lot of players out, but this is the second time they look just flat out bad. And that might be the most concerning thing about the Cowboys' two losses. They have been big-time losses, right? They have been dominating performances from the opposing teams. 
but I will stay with Unchanged. My my expectations personally, they're not they they did not change after that Chiefs game. But as Stage is saying, though, it depends how we play in December. We are usually bad in December. And if we take a look at those past three teams that we mentioned, the Chiefs won out after that rough stretch. The Bucks won out not as well. And the Patriots did lose two games in December, as we were talking about. But hey, this team has time to bounce back. And what is next for them? It is getting healthier. And I'm not talking only about getting players back. I'm not talking about Demarcus Lawrence rejoining the team or Randy Gregory or even the top two wide receivers for the Cowboys. But hey, even a player like Ezekiel Elliott, who has been playing while injured, dealing with a, a knee injury, it might not be super serious, but the running game has not been there for the Cowboys in what? Four games maybe now? So I think that is also something that we should take a look at. Like these are not the only injuries that we're talking about. The players that are not there for the Cowboys, but also the ones that are there at a limited capacity. I actually do wonder if Amari Cooper, of course, we don't want him to miss any kind of time, but I wonder if two weeks off, of course, he's dealing with the COVID-19 thing, but I wonder if the rest will kind of help him. I don't want to say a blessing in disguise because I don't think it is. After all, he's going to miss at least two games. But I wonder if there's, uh, if we want to take a look at a glass half full, we could say that Amari Cooper is getting some rest for that hammy. So hopefully that is the case. How do you go from great to terrible, says Joel Wilson. I would say playing in the NFL. I, I really would say that and, and dealing with a lot of injuries. I, I don't want to say that the Cowboys lost just because of the injuries, because I believe that they didn't. I believe that that is not a enough excuse in order to look as bad as they did on Sunday, the Cowboys offense, at least. Because the defense, as you guys know, were, was great on Sunday versus Kansas. However, I, I don't know who tweeted this out. It was Bob Storm, I believe, who wrote this on The Athletic this morning. And he said... These are excuses, but they're also reasons. And I believe that that quote was so smart from him. Because, yeah, it sounds like excuses. Like, hey, yeah, we lost because Terrence Steele played terrible and he's the backup left tackle. That sounds like an excuse. But also, do you think the Chiefs find as much success in the trenches if Tyrone Smith is playing at left tackle? Because I honestly believe that that, is, that wouldn't have been the case. I'm not sure if the Cowboys win the game if Tyron Smith is in, the, is in the lineup, but I know for a fact that they wouldn't have looked as bad. And the same on the, even on the defensive side of the ball. Like if Randy Gregory was there and Marcus Lawrence was there, we know that this would be a, an even better defense. And again, this might sound like excuses, and they, and they are, but they are also reasons. And that is something that I... I really love that quote from Bob Storm from TheAthletic.com. I think that was, he, he hit the nail right on the head, right? And the same goes for the wide receivers. We cannot simply objectively expect the Cowboys offense to perform as well than they would if Amari Cooper was on the lineup and CeeDee Lamb was on the lineup. Even more so when Cooper was ruled out on Friday and the team had gotten ready for the game taking into consideration that Cooper was going to play. It was not like the Cowboys knew what was going to happen back on Wednesday. Stevie Mac says, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised 
if they do that the last few weeks, if we don't have a shot for the number one spot, this is in reply to Dallas Junk, who was saying, we need to sick, sit, we need to sit sick for a couple of weeks, in my opinion. I can appreciate the toughness, but at some point, it compromises the offense. Hey, I think there might be a point there. I really don't know enough about six injury right now to know that for a fact, but it could be. I also think that the offensive line has had its struggles, right? But anyways, I think there is an interesting lesson for Kellen Moore coming up, by the way. I think there is an interesting lesson for him. And I think there was one versus the Chiefs already. And the lesson that I think that Kellen Moore could take away from the Chiefs game, and I believe that he will, of course, is that the teams teams are not going to be afraid of your strengths if you have that many injuries on offense. And I'm and what I'm talking about specifically is the Chiefs knew about Tyron Smith and they knew about the switch at left guard. By the way, Connor McGovern, it is looking and it is sounding like he's going to remain the Cowboys left guard for Thursday game versus the Raiders. But anyways, Steve Spagnuolo know about this. The Chiefs knew about this. And the Chiefs also probably knew that Dak Prescott was as good as he was versus the Blitz. But the Chiefs, honestly, they just didn't care. And I think that was one of the biggest reasons why the Cowboys lost on Sunday. And credit where credit is due. We can talk about the Cowboys' mistakes. We can talk about the Cowboys' lack of starters because of injuries. But also, the Chiefs played a heck of a defensive game as well versus the Cowboys. And a big part of it was their game plan in terms of blitzing. Steve Spagnuolo has always been a very blitz-happy defensive coordinator and defensive play caller. But we kind of thought, even here we talked about this on primetime, that the Cowboys would have somewhat of an edge if the Chiefs came into Sunday, into Sunday's game and decided to blitz Dak Prescott because Dak had been so good against it throughout the entire season. But Spax, he didn't care about that at all. And he was blitzing aggressively. And he was not only blitzing, but he was doing it in a creative way. And, and I think about that third and five play when there were about nine minutes left in the second quarter. It was third and five. And the Chiefs are lined up basically with four defensive linemen. Melvin Ingram was standing up, though. But they had four players at the line of scrimmage. It was a four-man front, basically. They had a Mike linebacker, and they had two inside cornerbacks. One of them starts to show the blitz. So you're thinking five-man blitz, maybe six-man blitz, while the other uh, slot cornerback was lined up in press coverage. But then when the ball is snapped, the cornerback that is showing press coverage also goes after Dak Prescott. So we were talking about seven-man pressure versus the Cowboys in a third and medium situation because it was third and five. And throughout the entire game, we saw little stuff like this. We saw even when they didn't blitz, the Chiefs maybe showed it and they didn't rush Dak Prescott with an extra guy, but the effect was there. And that is, I believe, another reason why we saw a lot of check down passes from Dak Prescott. Of course, the other thing was that the Cowboys receivers were not winning their battles versus the Chiefs secondary. But I think there's a lesson to be learned there for, for Kellen Moore. We know we knew that the Cowboys 
have been very efficient against the Blitz. The Chiefs probably knew it as well. But hey, Tyron Smith was not on that lineup and neither was Connor Williams. And the Chiefs were not scared about blitzing the heck out of the left side of the Cowboys offensive line. So I believe there's a lesson to be learned there. Now, there's another lesson that he has to pass with the flying colors this week because it is a short week. And the Cowboys not only have to game plan with little time to prepare, so do the Raiders, to be entirely fair. But the Cowboys right now are going to be preparing to play a football game without their top two wide receivers. Because it's, it's looking like CeeDee Lamb is probably not going to play. He has a shot still, and the Cowboys did say that he was in team meetings this Monday, but it will be a tall task for him to clear the concussion protocol on time to play in, in Thanksgiving. So big week for, for Kellen Moore, if we count it uh, from Sunday, that those are two important tests that he has to pass with flying colors. One of them, he didn't already. So let's see if he can get this one right. Because I, I don't have a lot of complaints about what Kellen Moore did on Sunday. I honestly don't. Like, I'm not saying it was good. And I think that he should share part of the blame for the Cowboys' offense, offensive uh, underperformance. But I would, I would rank it lower than the execution side of the problem. To be honest, I think that the execution was the biggest problem for the Cowboys on Sunday versus the Chiefs. MG says, offense let us down. The defense did their job. Dallas had too many, too many opportunities, and they didn't take them at all. That is, and we talked about this last night, that was my, what was most frustrating to me was that the Cowboys just had too many opportunities. The takeaways, the blocked punt, there were a lot of them. And they simply didn't capitalize on it. Burl Killer says the Raiders probably have a worse feeling for Thanksgiving than us, says Burl Killer. And that is something that I agree with. Hey, the Cowboys are a seven-point favorite versus the Raiders in this short week. Charlene Evans says, do you know why they don't utilize Seek in the, in the game plan? That is a good question. The it, there was a point in this game in which we didn't know if the Cowboys were just had given up maybe in the run game because they wanted to catch up or maybe they wanted to give Ezekiel Elliott a chance at just trying to pound the football because there were a lot of inside runs for Ezekiel Elliott and I know that people were asking for something different during the game but I also believe that maybe the Cowboys were just giving up offensively like there was not a lot of faith for the passing game, and there was not a lot of faith for the running game. I do think that it has something to do with Ezekiel Elliott's injury status, to be honest. Um, and if we take, and the thing is this as well, these have been some very weird weeks for, for the Cowboys. Like if we take a look at the past few games, you're talking about a Falcons foot, a Chiefs game in which you kind of were preparing maybe for a showdown with a very pass happy approach versus the Chiefs. Maybe that was part of it on Sunday. Then one week before you were facing the Falcons, maybe you were not that concerned about their, their defense and you wanted the Cowboys to do a little bit of everything. And then one week before, of course, you had the Broncos game in which I don't even know what the game plan was for the Broncos because 
I don't think that we can really judge what the game plan was when the game got out of control so quickly because it got out of control even faster than the Chiefs game, actually, if we think about it. Like, by the third quarter, we still had somewhat of a, a little bit of hope versus the Chiefs, and I don't think that existed in versus Denver. And then there was, before that, the Minnesota Vikings game. So it's a good question from, from Charlene Evans, but I think that during the past four games from the Cowboys, we have not seen these neutral situations in which we can find out how involved Ezekiel Elliott was going to be in the game plan. But we have not seen a strong running game from the Cowboys in any of those four games. Hopefully he gets healthier, and hopefully that ends up being uh, you know, part of the problem. What is up, Yusuf? Thank you for being here. He says, people breathe. The sky's not falling. Once we get healthy, we should be on all cylinders. Hey, that is, that is uh, hopefully the case. Yeah, Jill, hey, Gilbert, I appreciate that you remembered this because I was low-key excited about it. Hey, Mauricio, your Jaron Kears prediction was on point. Yeah, we called the, the Jaron Kears interception here in ADC Sports Dallas primetime during the blind recap segment from Thursday. <laughs> Unfortunately, it just came at a terrible moment, right? Like in a terrible game. It would have been nicer if the Cowboys ended up on top. But yeah, thank you, Gilbert, for that comment. I appreciate you pointing that out. Jose Carranza says, it remains the same. I think referring to the, you know, our expectations on the Cowboys. Up to five or six losses. I don't know about divisional champs as the NFC is raised its closing gaps, but still far up to the playoffs. Yeah, February, maybe. Why not? Hey, I think that the Cowboys still have a shot at being, you know, an actual contender in the NFC in terms of maybe reaching the championship game. And once you're in the championship game, you're one way away from the big game, right? I have been hearing we are getting people back all year, says Burner account. At what point do you just accept they might not be coming back in time? Well, the Marcus Lawrence, for example, there were some reports on him about to be activated. Even if that's not to for him to play versus the Raiders, it sounds like Lawrence's return is nearing. And I I I would lean towards expecting him to play versus the Saints. And according to Todd Archer, this is from Archer um, a few hours ago, he said he will be activated off injured reserve this week. More likely, he plays versus New Orleans after suffering a broken foot in September. McCarthy said he's champing at the beat. So it's, it does sound like we're getting Lawrence back soon. Randy Gregory still has at least one game left to lose because he got injured in the... After the Broncos game, if I'm not mistaken, Randy Gregory got injured. So that that those are at least three games from, from him. No, no, that, that's wrong, right? The Chiefs game is a third game that Gregory has lost, I believe. So, yeah, I, I do think that players are going to be back. I do believe they're going to be back. Uh, Dallas Junk says, can we freaking block on wide receiver screens? We never seal blocks. And I believe that you're talking about the Dalton Schultz play at the beginning of the game when he didn't block for Michael Gallup. Now, that was a poor throw from Dak Prescott as well, to be completely fair. But Dalton Schultz was not in the play, it appeared. 
Yeah, this is game three for Gregory. Thank you, Burner, for the clarification. I started doubting myself right there. Stage says, is it just me or everyone else saying that Neil hasn't been good since he got COVID? Hmm. I think maybe he has not been perfect. I don't know if I would describe it as not good necessarily. He has made some plays, I believe. We also have seen a lot of Michael Parsons since he got back from COVID, though. Yeah. Steven Max says, uh, people laughed at me back in late September when I thought Gallimore wasn't going to be back soon, and here we are in late November. That is one player that I'm more concerned about. We have not heard anything about Neville Gallimore, and he has yet to play a regular season for this team. Ah, hopefully, hopefully the Cowboys get back on track. It is a short week. So tomorrow, listen, we don't have a lot of time to talk about this Chiefs disappointing loss. So tomorrow we'll be on to the Raiders here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. And actually, before we move on, let's have Overreaction Monday for Week 11. And I believe that it would be right to start with one that has to do with the Dallas Cowboys. And with that, the first statement from today's Overreaction Monday is, Dak Prescott has no chance at the MVP anymore. Is that a fair reaction or is that a an overreaction make sure you let me know in the chat i believe even as frustrated as we are and even though i believe that dak prescott had a tremendous opportunity to wake up this monday morning as the favorite to win the mvp and maybe he would have been the favorite if he had won because the bills did lose to the indianapolis colts even though it was frustrating i will say that this is an overreaction more than, more than it being because of Dak Prescott's play on Sunday, I will say an overreaction because there is no clear-cut candidate on the NFL to win the MVP. We don't have any quarterback that is stepping up and earning the favorite title. Right now it is Tom Brady. But I think that if, if a player, if a quarterback steps up during what's left of November and December – that quarterback is going to get the the MVP award. And actually, Prescott is not that far behind. Brady is the favorite. Josh Allen is the second favorite. And then I think that Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, um, Dak Prescott, and Matthew Stafford are tied for third. And people seemingly agree here in the chat. Burner account goes with overreaction. Jessica Villarreal at Facebook as well. MG says, fair reaction. Uh, stage says overreaction. Darius says, I don't know about Prescott. He misses a lot of targets. Hey, uh, if we're talking about him as a quarterback, I, I do believe that, hey, Prescott is still the guy that we think that he is. I, I still believe that Prescott is one of the top quarterbacks in this league. Dallas Junk says, bro, what overreaction? People seemingly agree to overreaction in general. Stevie Mac says he definitely still has a chance but low-key, it's starting to fade away. Yeah, I think that he, he has to basically go, what? About, he, he basically has to win out for him to win the, it, it all depends on what happens with the other quarterbacks as well, though. Uh, this is something that I simply do not agree with, though. Uh, like, uh, Dak's a fourth-rounder for a reason. He shows it. That is something that I do not agree with. Uh, I, I will say that. I think that Dak Prescott is still the quarterback that we have been talking about throughout all of this year. 
and last year and even the year before that, I still believe that Dak Prescott is a top quarterback in the league, even if he's not um, the favorite to win the MVP right now or anything like that. I think that great quarterbacks are supposed to win games like against Kansas City. Yet, we see great quarterbacks lose games all of the time. There's a reason why there's only one undefeated team in NFL history, the 72 Dolphins. So, yeah, I, I understand the frustration, though. But I don't think that, you know, Dak Prescott now is bad because he, he has lost the two of, out of the last three games. I don't think that is the case, to be completely honest with you. If Dak doesn't win MVP, he will get comeback player of the year, says Isaac Valdez. Oh, yeah, that's, that's in the bag for Dak Prescott, I believe. Even, even with the recent losses, I still believe that he is about, what, a minus 200 favorite, I believe, in the betting world. I do think that that is, um, you know, in the bag for him. Raul de la Garza saying, hey, Mauricio, didn't know you have a show in Spanish over on Facebook. Love the content. Keep up the good work. Hey, thank you, Raul. Yep, that is it. I have Primero Cowboys every Friday and pre-game halftime and post-game show as well over there. 100% in Spanish. Uh, I'm from Mexico, actually. I'm from Chihuahua, Chihuahua, Mexico. Uh, so, yeah, I do think that, hey, Dak Prescott is still the guy. Yes, he says, but they lose those, those games and are competitive. They don't have the type of games Dak had in the Denver and Kansas City game, to be fair. Aaron Rodgers did week one of this season, literally. Aaron Rodgers, sorry, terrible game week one. I, and I think we have seen even Tom Brady have had uh, very bad games in his career. And also even Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, these guys that are supposed to be the top quarterbacks in the league. And they are, in my opinion. But I do think that there are games in which they have looked as bad as Dak Prescott did yesterday. Even more so yesterday. Like, it, versus Denver, I get, I get it even more. But yesterday, Dak Prescott was also playing in a collapsed pocket week af uh, play after play, I believe. So, yeah. I, I understand the frustration, though, but I, my opinion on Dak Prescott remains unchanged, just like my expectations for the Cowboys right now remain unchanged, to be honest. Anyways, moving on to number two overreaction statement. The Colts are a dark horse team in the AFC. Is that a fair reaction or an overreaction? Carson Wentz perhaps not having a Super Bowl uh, uh, caliber season right now, but hey, the Colts are winning some games and they just dominated the Buffalo Bills in week 11. Because if you guys didn't catch that football game, let me talk to you about it really quickly. This was not a fluky kind of win. This was not that sort of performance from the Colts. This was Indianapolis telling the Bills, we are going to dominate you and push you around at the line of scrimmage, because that is what happened right off the bat. Since the first offensive drive, the Bills had no shot at stopping the Colts' running game. It was truly one of those games that you're looking at it, and right away you kind of get the feeling like, hey, the Colts are actually going to win this one. Because I might be wrong about this, but I've always said that there are a lot of things that you can adjust in the game of football. At halftime or quarter to quarter, there are a lot of things that you can change in game. One of the few things that I believe you cannot do is change the way 
the players looking in the trenches. You might help one player with a running back, maybe getting some blocks in, with a tight end helping out in pass pro, but you're not going to, to you know, adjust the play in the trenches as much during a game. So let's take a look at some of these answers. So also, thank you, Beryl, who is saying, uh, my madre is from Aujita, near Sabinas. Ever heard of it? Actually not. I will, I will look for it, though. I will look for it. That will be my homework for tonight. Thank you, Beryl, though. I appreciate the comment. That is awesome. I will look for it. Uh, maybe... I have a feeling like I don't know right now, but when I look at it in the map, I will quickly know where that is. Dario says, it all begins with the O-line. And let's see this, this, you know, answers from the Colts. People kind of agreeing here that this is a fair reaction. I will also go with fair reaction. Also, thank for the donation, bro. And thank you for the question. Dono Hype says, MG. Donovan Wilson did not practice today. Well, no one practiced today, but he showed up as a did-not-practice player in the practice report. Why not? Fair, fair. Burner account says, Jonathan Taylor was the best value pick on my fantasy team. I played Jonathan Taylor, so I wasn't excited about that. To be honest, uh, I lost my football game just because of Jonathan Taylor. Wentz, not like that. Overreaction since Dallas Young. Here's the thing that I don't like about the Colts, even though I believe that is a fair reaction. The Colts are good in basically everything, but they're not elite at anything. And I believe that to be a championship kind of team, you need to have at least one side of the ball in which you are elite. And I believe that is what's missing in Indianapolis. Anyways, finally, last but not least, the NFL has contenders, but literally zero favorites through 11 weeks. And I'm talking about both conferences in the AFC or the NFC. The NFL has contenders, but zero favorites through 11 weeks. Is that a fair reaction or is that an overreaction? And I believe, and this is more than to generate, you know, a little bit of controversy in the chat. I, I more than anything, what I'm trying to do is trying to make a point. I believe that is the case right now for today's NFL. I believe that the league at this point has a lot of contenders in the AFC and a lot of contenders in the NFC. We just talked, for example, in the American side of things, we just talked about the Colts, maybe, you know, raising the hand and saying, hey, we could be a Walker team. And you have the Patriots and you have the Chiefs and the Bills and you have all of these teams. But even the Bills have struggled a lot in the AFC so far. Hey, the Bills are not even leading their division right now. It's the Patriots. And... This has not been because of fluky losses. The offensive line for the for Buffalo has not been the same. Their defense has been basically lights out, um, you know, excluding the game versus versus the Colts. But they have looked like a solid defense, but their offense is not the same. And then you take a look at the Chiefs. I believe they are improving a lot. I believe they're still maybe the favorite even in the AFC. But I see a lot of contenders. I don't see any legit favorite. And, I, and that should be good news for the Cowboys. It will be about who finishes the season better in order for us to have a, a favorite. Stevie Mack says, I don't know. The Cards might be a legit favorite winning without their quarterback. They might be. They, to be completely fair, they might be. They are close to being 10-1. and 1. Right now, they're 9-2. and 2. They have won two out of their three without Kyler Murray. 
Murray needs to come back soon, though. Hopefully he's able to. It would be better for the rest of the NFL. But I still hesitate to place them as favorites because in terms of merit, they might deserve it. But in terms of projecting how the playoffs will go, I still will have a lot of doubts about the Cardinals. And that might be being a doubter. That might be me being a low-key hater without trying to be a hater. But I, I still don't haven't bought in into the Cardinals at 100%. That just says fair reaction because anybody can win this thing right now. Tommy says fair. There has not been a team that has dominated week in and week out. The closest thing to it is the Cardinals, and they don't have their quarterback right now. Uh, Jessica says fair. Burner does go with overreacts, and so does a stage. Peter Rizzo, Peter Rizzo excuse me, goes with fair. And, of course, Burner says Kansas City is playing great football at the best time, and the Cardinals are still winning with their best players, unlike Dallas Mantra, says Tom Down his Burner account. To be fair, though, the Cowboys won one without Dak Prescott. So, and they won one against the Vikings. So, to be fair, I don't know. Wanted to give that credit to the Cowboys as well. Anyways, guys, that will be it for me tonight. And tomorrow, we will focus on what's ahead. We will maybe stop a little bit with the Chiefs-Cowboys content. And we'll move on to week 12. Because the Cowboys are in a short week. Not only that, they're not playing on Thursday night. They're playing 3.25 p.m. Central. So tomorrow, we will start with the Cowboys Raiders content here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Be ready for that. Thank you guys for joining the show. Make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for more Cowboys content and for more Mavericks content. And I hope you enjoy what we have in store for you over there. And, of course, the Mavericks season is hitting up as well. Make sure you check that out. Make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you share the show. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, please let your friends know about primetime. I will see you tomorrow at 8 p.m. Central. Enjoy the rest of your Monday night. Thank you, guys.